0: Good morning South Point. It's so good to be with you again today. If you'd like go ahead and turn your Bibles to Acts the fourth chapter. Our focal verse will be verse 13 but we're going to be in several places in Acts especially toward the last part. Most everyone knows that spending time with other people kind of rubs off on us. Their characteristics, their habits, uh, Things that they do, sometimes things that they believe. As we're growing up, we kind of take some of those things on ourselves. And I think that's one of the reasons why my parents were so concerned about who I was playing with. You know, when I was a kid, either in our yard or next yard, you know, who is it? What are you doing? Where are you going? As it got older, it was more of the where are you going, who is that, I don't know them. You know, I, You know, by the time I was a young teen, mid-teen, I was going to play golf, going fishing, going bowling, going over to someone's house to play chess. And my dad looked at me one day so He said, you just go, go, go. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it was fun that way. But I think what the deal was... They had a hard time keeping up with my friends, with the people whom I was hanging out with. They didn't know a lot of them. By the time I was junior in high school, I started growing my hair out. By the time when I was a senior, it was about collar length. Uh, by the time I graduated, it was below my collar. Um, if you looked at me back then and said, boy, there goes a hippie, you would probably be spot on. Um, and and here's the thing. When I look back on it, here's what my parents, especially my dad in the Air Force, was afraid of. It wasn't just the long hair. He was afraid I was going to get into the drug scene. Now, praise God, he protected me from that. I just like long hair, you know. I didn't like having to do a whole lot with it from time to time, but. You know, that's just kind of the thing as you're growing up. Now, I didn't realize it at that time. You know, I wanted my freedom. I wanted to be left alone, do what I wanted to do. Most youth and teens, you know, you get that way. But looking back on it, having our own children, I understood finally what was the concern with my parents. They were concerned about bad habits rubbing off from other people to me. Things that were were not teaching me from the Bible that would rub off onto me. They were concerned. Case in point, pastor had come to visit a widow. Coffee table is set up with the Bible in the center, open to a beautiful, pretty picture, you know, colored and everything. On the right side is the church newsletter. On the left side is a, a Bible devotional magazine bust her young son from the garage. This is the old version of that. <clears throat> mom, mom, there was a big rat in the garage. And I took my bat and I hit it. And I beat it. And I smashed it. And about that time he realized pastor's sitting over there. And, and the Lord took him home. And that in just a short matter of moments that we see that there was a change in this person's character. When we come to Acts the fourth chapter, early in this chapter, we read that the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law, Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family, examined Peter and John. And they came to the conclusion, that we see in our text today in verse 13. They saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Wow. It makes us wonder. Are other people examining us? Do, Do they see our character? Do they see things that indicate we've been with Jesus? Let me ask that a little bit differently. Has anyone ever walked up to you and said, are you a Christian? Anybody ever experienced that? Are you a Christian? They saw something in you. Total Stranger. They saw something in you that said, you know what, you have been with Jesus. And I recognize that. And that's just astonishing to me that other people can see that. But that's what was going on as these high priests and the family there were examining Peter and John. And I think when we when we look at Acts, we can begin to see there's at least three. Very specific points that we can recognize from the book of Acts, especially in the fourth chapter, and more especially at the last part of the chapter when they are praying, which we'll point out along the way. I think the first thing that we can say for sure is that being with Jesus gives Christians courage. Now, you got to put this in sharp contrast from where Peter and John were earlier. Now they're having courage to confront the Jewish leaders. It wasn't so earlier. Now they have a boldness. In verses 24 and 29, in the last part, where they're praying, they raise their voices together in prayer to God. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They were no longer just these shy, cowardice kind of people that we saw three years earlier. Now they're speaking up in boldness of what they have learned from Jesus Christ, in what they have learned in being with him. Now, we Christians, we're we're just naturally courageous when we go out witnessing, right? I hear the laughter, you agree with me, Mm, that's probably not so true. Case in point, you go to a door with somebody else, you're going to witness to somebody. You knock on the door, you don't hear anything. Okay, they're not here, let's go. That's just not our nature. Unless we have been with Jesus, unless we have been with other people who have been with Jesus, unless we understand, it's okay to be bold and courageous for Jesus. It's okay. And once Once God gives us that kind of peace, that kind of courage, we can be a great witness for him. But it wasn't so with Peter and John. Just a few weeks earlier, when Jesus was arrested, Scripture says, Everyone deserted him and fled. Everyone. Just a few weeks later, we see now Peter and John coming back. Scripture says that they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. They all, meaning the 11 apostles that are listed along with the women, the mother, uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers, all of these together, listen to this, joined in prayer. Now, we're not talking some just little prayer meeting where we meet for 30 minutes or an hour or so. We're talking they joined in prayer, they were there to pray. They were there, very concerned about what had happened with Jesus having died on the cross, now risen from the dead, but they're concerned. What now? Where is this kingdom that there, Jesus is going to usher in? What's happening? But they knew enough to go to the Lord and pray and pray together. How did these 11, including Peter and John, change from the cowards to the courageous men that they were? I'll tell you. They spent time with Jesus in prayer. We can go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday. We can fellowship with other Christians and we ought to do these things. We can read our Bible, we can, we can you know, do the fellowships, devotionals, we can do all these things. But folks, until we really spend time with prayer, with Jesus, until we really spend quality time with Jesus, we will not be able to turn from that coward to that courageous man or woman for God. We need to spend time with Jesus in prayer. I read an email from Robbie Green in Turkey. He was in the midst of that devastating earthquake that took so many lives on August the 17th, 1991. He wrote an email that I read. I need to give you just kind of the edited account. Eventually, we broke through into what was formerly A bedroom. Only three of us initially went in. It was a small quarter room, three feet high, seven feet wide at its widest point, oriented upwards, bottlenecked at both ends with the wreckage. We began to hear the guy we were trying to rescue more and more clearly. And at one point, we found a crack and were able to give him water using a hose, bottles of water, and a funnel. Knowing that the chamber could collapse on us at any moment was a scary moment. But we knew that it might be the only chance this guy had. We prayed. Did you hear that? Can you just imagine that scene? being in that small crevice, trying to rescue someone, knowing that it could collapse, and it was more important at that moment that they spend time in prayer. They prayed. About three hours later, we finally were able to penetrate the wall that separated us and the Turkish team. Half an hour later, we managed to pull him into the chamber of that hole I had not been out of that crevice for three and a half hours, but when we did get out, we were welcomed by several clapping spectators, medics, and media who virtually attacked us. I was a little overwhelmed by the interviews, realizing only then how dangerous it really was for us to do what we did. But it was either do nothing or risk a little for a chance of seeing a person saved. He wrote for five minutes. God can take a cold, calm coward and turn that person into one who is bold and hot that has a glorifying witness for Jesus Christ. But folks, we must spend time with Jesus. I think we can secondly see that being with Jesus gives Christians understanding. Peter and John... The apostles, they didn't quite understand this thing about God's kingdom. They, they, they saw the things, heard the things that Jesus was talking about, but yet they, they thought that this kingdom that Jesus was going to usher in somehow was something physical. You know, a new king who had his own entourage around him, a new Lord of those days. Uh, who could bring in another group of people to lead, almost like here in America. You know, you got the Democrats who lead or you got the Republicans who lead. It's kind of a new entourage that comes in. And I think that's kind of where they thought this was going, where they didn't understand the necessity for the cross. Now they understood Their new understanding was clearly expressed as part of their prayer when we look down at verses 26 and following in this chapter. The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his Holy One. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, How could the apostles, how could Peter and John move from this person who doesn't understand or these people who didn't understand to a people who truly now understood the necessity for the cross? How could they, through the book of Acts preached the gospel over and over and over so accurately with such conviction unless they understood the need for the cross. I believe we can get to that point as well. It's not just the cross. We're, We're familiar with that. But understand that by Jesus going to the cross, He died for our sins in order to usher in a means of saving grace for people. So he died, yes. He was buried, yes. But praise God, he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He promises he is preparing a place for us. And I'm thinking, you know what? You've been at this for over 2,000 years now. That's going to be a beautiful place, isn't it? Created the world and the universe in six days, rested on the seventh. I know these are periods of time. But wow, 2,000 years preparing a place for us? This has got to be a wonderful place. He's going to usher us into his kingdom one day so that we can inherit his kingdom according to Scripture. But until we understand why the cross was present in the life of Jesus, our witness will never be as bold as it can be. We will not truly understand what is going on in Scripture. Years ago, in a community of believers of another faith, a clergyman went to examine the school. And the schoolmaster said to the clergyman, I believe the children know the catechism word for honor. And so the schoolmaster bowed to the clergyman and the examination began. A little boy quoted the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. And he was asked to explain it. In his shy little boy voice, he said, a man asked me to help him find his way over the mountain, and so I helped him over the mountain, and when we got to the other side, he noticed that I had been walking on some sharp rocks and that my feet were bleeding, so he gave me some money for, my sh- for some shoes, and he said, I went back over the mountain, and I gave my mother the money because she didn't have any shoes either. And I felt like I could go without shoes better than she could go without shoes. The clergyman said, I believe he has expressed honor. Do we have honor and understanding of God? How is our honor How is our understanding of what God would have us to do? Have we been with Jesus long enough to have that deep kind of understanding of the cross that makes an eternal difference in our witness? Is our witness of the gospel truths preached and taught wherever we go? Whatever we're doing with clarity and conviction, The gospel message is laid out in so many wonderful places and it is so consistent. How can we miss it? What God has done for mankind and how mankind can be with God for all of eternity. A result of being with Jesus is that he will give us an understanding. He will give us a conviction so that our witness is for his glory concerning his saving grace. I believe we can lastly see here that Jesus gives Christians power. Gives Christians power. The whole context for Acts the fourth chapter actually begins in chapter three with the miraculous healing of a beggar. And because they had been with Jesus, they had great power that was given to them from Jesus. And so when we drop down to that prayer again to verse 30 we see further manifestation of God's power as the apostles continued praying, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Just three short years earlier, Peter and John had absolutely no idea what a miracle was. Miracle? We're familiar with the Word. They had no concept of the Word. But as they were with Jesus, they began to understand this power, this this thing called a miracle. How? Because they began to see the lame walk, the blind see, the dead alive. They began to see Jesus do things they had never conceived could have been done and they saw jesus with power to cast out demons from others and yet they had reached a point where they even messed that up they couldn't cast out demons from a child Jesus did. And they got to witness that too. Being with Jesus gives Christians power because Jesus wants us to have power. He boldly gave that power to his apostles so that they could carry out what he wanted carried out here on this earth. And that's a big change from where they were just three years earlier to understand the power of God. I was I think nine years old. Pretty sure it was nine years old. We had, uh, we had gone to a luau in Guam before coming back to the States. One morning I woke up and I had no use of my legs. I basically fell out of bed and crawled to the bathroom because that's where I needed to be at that time. I think my mom probably saw my feet disappearing as I'm crawling on into the bathroom and she came to see what was going on. When she realized what was going on, she got a hold of dad. Dad and mom took me to the base hospital. At the hospital, they were able to diagnose that I had contracted trichinosis, basically from eating raw pork and a parasite entering into your body. The parasite will uh, lodge itself in whatever muscle, whatever muscle, and will continue to grow until it basically takes over your strength. I was kind of glad it didn't settle in my heart. But the hospital sent us home because they did not have a cure for trichinosis. My mother prayed. I know my mother prayed. She prayed over me. She bent down at chairs, at her bed, on her knees and prayed. And I knew she was praying for me. She prayed, 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 okay? And finally, the hospital called about a week later. And said, We're having a serum that was just made for your son. Bring him into the hospital. And as it was being flown in, we got to the hospital and they got the serum and injected it into me. A few days later, I began to get some feeling back, began to be able to wiggle some toes, and then finally move my ankles and a little bit more and a little bit more. Uh, to where I got full use of my muscles again. There is power in prayer. There is power in God's miraculous acts that I believe he continues to do today. Fast forward to when I was young in the Air Force, my best friend, still my best friend, came in, he said, uh, hey, Willie. I said, what's up, Mac? He said, they just diagnosed my dad with terminal cancer. So would you pray for him? I said, absolutely. We just happened to be next to a, a bunk in the barracks, and so we got down on our knees, and we prayed for his dad. I think we stayed there praying about 30 or 40 minutes. I don't remember, but it It seemed like time just flew as we were praying for his dad. The next day his dad went in because the doctors wanted to take more x-rays to determine their course of action in treating him during this time where he was going to die. They took x-rays and they couldn't find any cancer. They came back and told him, you're you're cancer free. Praise God. By the way, Mac's dad, he's 99 years old now. He's looking to turn 100 this year. He's kind of excited about that. He's of clear mind, and he is still cancer free. That is the power of God. Friends, God is still in the miracle business. And God's people need to know the power of God today. We need to keenly be aware of the gospel truth and power. And when we get out from here, we need to go and preach the gospel to people. We need to preach the gospel of Jesus on Sunday. We need to preach the gospel of Jesus on Wednesday. We need to go to the mall and preach gospel. Jesus to everybody. We need to go to the stores and preach Jesus to everybody. Everybody ought to understand Jesus' power and if a mosquito were to land on somebody it'd fly off going there's power in the blood, power in the blood. There is power in Jesus Christ. Still today, Christians, we need to believe this. God is not dormant. He is very active in our lives. And he'll still give power to those he chooses. But we need to spend time with Jesus. We need to spend a lot of time in prayer. Let me ask you to do something. Examine yourself today. I mean, other people do. You might as well do it too, right? Is there anything about you that would cause someone else to come up to you and say, Are you a Christian? I see something in you, and I don't know exactly what it is. I've heard somebody say it this way. There's something about you that I want. I don't know what it is, but I want it. Folks, that is Jesus. That is God alive in you. And people are seeing it. There is something about your character, something about your habits, something about your beliefs, your walk, your talk, and people are seeing that and they want it. That's exciting when you can go, oh yeah, you want to hang out with that person? Feel free. You want to let your son or your daughter go someplace with that person? Absolutely. I want them to see those habits. I want them to see what Jesus has been doing in their lives so that my son, my daughter, or even I can be stronger as a Christian and stronger in my faith and stronger in my walk so that when I'm examined by other people, they say, there goes a Christian. There's somebody who's been with Jesus. There's an ordinary person, unschooled in theology, but yet I know. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, you've been with Jesus. Amen? Friends, don't be satisfied with sucking milk. Desire the solid food of Jesus Christ. And know that when you spend time with Jesus, he will give you courage in your witness so that he can be glorified. He will give you an understanding to preach and teach accurately the gospel of Jesus Christ. He will give you the power to witness the gospel truths and see miracles even today. These are the results of being with Jesus. And I can't emphasize enough the importance of each and every person having the desire to be with Jesus. Not just for our own benefit, but because of the power of Jesus now in us, we are able to glorify him. We are able to give God the credit for all that is done. And that is so important that we recognize this. We're not trying to put ourselves on a pedestal. We're trying to elevate God in someone else's life. So that they can have saving grace, so that they can grow in Christ. Our witness and our discipleship is so important this day to help people to understand the need to be with Jesus. But we've got to be with Jesus first. Examine yourself Do you have a desire of being with Jesus today to grow in these areas for His glory? his honor, and his praise. We just got through singing about his praise. Do we mean it? In just a few minutes, there are going to be some folks up here that you can pray with, that you can share your convictions with. If God is convicting you today, I need to be there. I need to grow in Jesus. I need to spend time with Jesus, and I want to do that. Would you help me to see what that looks like for my life? Would you just share that with somebody up here that they can pray with you? Don't sit there or stand there idle. If God is moving you this morning, move. Because there is something about being with Jesus that you don't want to miss. Let's stand together. And let's have prayer. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you do in our lives. Thank you that the time that we spend with you is absolute quality time. You help us to understand. You help us to be courageous and bold in our witness. You help us to see your power and how it works. And we do want to honor you and glorify you and praise you. But Lord, use us as your tools, as you see fit, that you can be glorified and honored and praised. Use us, your children, who you have saved by your grace, to be able to walk out from here and begin to proclaim the gospel truth of who you are. God, hear our prayers. Know our convictions. As you are convicting us right now, this is what I want from you. This is how I want you to draw closer to me. Agree with God that that's what's needed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.